here we are. We're back. This is this is Gig Tales. Gig Tales coming at you, uh, social distancing style. We, the official trend of 2020 <laughs> is so on trend and beyond. Apparently, apparently, we're not quite sure how much longer this will go on, but there are mixed reports that we don't care to speak of at this point because we are here. Mm. To talk about gigs, something that used to happen, kids, if you forget the time <laughs> before quarantine when bands could play and crowds could gather, lots mm. of crazy shit would happen. And we have no shortage of stories from the past um, to tell you. And the old days, as we like to call them. Yes, ye olden times. And we will tell you those stories. <laughs> we have been digging into the vaults. Um we have been not only we've we were going beyond our own stories and we're going into historical stories and things like that, um, but we realize that there's almost a new thing that's taking over gigs and and music in our lives. Yes, there are lots of virtual gigs happening. There are still a lot of live streams. So, hey, if you had something crazy happen to you during a live stream. Let us know, like if some <laughs> if some crazy drunk troll came on your feed and was like requesting Freebird on your Facebook oh, Live God. feed. Then let listen, us know. it was a very dull Saturday, and I'd had a lot to drink. <laughs> like, what does heckling look like in the world of virtual gigs? I mean, it's trolling. It's just yeah. got to be trolling. That's really got to be the answer. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure people still are getting those crazy ass requests. Let us know, guys. I haven't done any um, live stream gigs or anything, um, but tons of my friends are doing them. So let us know, guys, how that's going. If you have any gig tales for us to share. Um, yeah. Bring but, in a new wave of gig tales for us. Yeah. It's a new, whole new era here. Um but then there's this whole other thing that's filling our the musical gap in our hearts, and that is this onslaught of m- music-based television shows. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take umbrage with the term music-based on the one that I've been watching, which is like. <laughs> Okay. Well, there are okay. So there, there are the classics. There's like the American Idol. I think there's a season of American Idol and a season of The Voice going right now. I don't watch either. And tell no, me either. Yeah. So I don't know. You guys tell us. My mom watches them, and she's always like, "You have to hear this person. Oh my god, they're incredible." And I never listen to them. Sorry, mom. But I that just, was a wonderful impression of your mom. Yeah, she <laughs> sounds nothing like that, but that uh, is no, no. <laughs> that's like that's like a generic mom impression. I don't know, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just don't. I don't know. I, no. So, but then there are like these are the things like I've talked on this podcast before about Songland, which I'm obsessed with, and it's like it, and that's coming back soon. Yeah, it it came back. It's back. Um, it's been back. For, oh. Yeah, it's been back. Uh, the first episode was last week, um, and it's back and better than ever. No, it's um, it's it's still awesome. I'm still obsessed with it. We watched it, and I was like, told Tom, like, I wish this was on every night. I need like a million episodes of this. It's just so cool to see like a peek inside of the the writing room, you know, and these the mm-hmm. writers that are just like so prolific and have just done these incredible things and the you know the things that they're able to do with with songs is is just crazy so you know in a matter of of 
minutes what they can do to transform a song right and it's just Mm -hmm. a cool like a cool it shows like how the collective creativity is better than the single mind you know like you bring in Mm -hmm. more people into a room and people that are good collaborators and that are respectful and everything how they can you know work together and make things cool so um yeah Mm -hmm. so catch up on that that's on on monday nights um and also on monday nights Is that Monday night? Or was that Tuesday night? I know. It was Monday. It was Monday. Oh, God. I have fully lost track of the days. Days aren't aren't really a thing anymore. I have a really hard time keeping track, but it is is Mondays. Um, (laughs) It's on a different channel, but it's right before Songland is the new new Bachelor spinoff, you guys. (laughs) Which is called... A, a crack team of writers got together, the best and the brightest. There's actually going to be a show about the making of the spinoff name for this show and how many people it took to come up with this. It's called Listen to Your Heart, the spinoff of The Bachelor. Oh. You guys couldn't cu- take a, an, an extra day to come up with a better name for that. I, I don't think there's like. I don't think there is a better name for that. I think that that is it. And every time they say the one? it, like they say it in the show and it's like, yes, constantly. <laughs> I just really want to listen to my heart. I just, oh. oh my God. So Terry, when the girl, when the first girl shows up on the day, she goes up to the mic and she goes, listen to you. I was like, oh, oh no. God. Uh, okay, so Terry, do you want to give us like a for those of you who haven't seen it? So we, we decided like this is the new this is taking the place in our hearts of like horrible gigs gigs gone wrong and just like cringeworthy things happening at gigs because there's Ugh. I mean we're talking a bachelor show. Uh, Chris Harrison is is hosting. It's called Listen to Your Heart. Like we know there's going to be some cringeworthy things. So Terry, oh, give us so a rundown bad. of like what who these people what's the show about what's happening here okay so it's about um a human rejects who have been unable to successfully interact with anyone else on earth in their entire lives and so they threw them all in this one house together oh and also and they like sing and play music and stuff and they were like okay some of these losers are bound to like you know just run out of options and be stuck with each other. So let's do that. <laughs> but there are a bunch of like, I guess, musicians and performing musicians in some way. Yeah. In some, and yeah. There's even one guy who was on American Idol. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And he, he came on like, and he mentioned that. And I was like, that you don't get to reality show. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Get, get, when get I have zero, come get on. out of here. So, what are you doing? They, so, um, they all show up to this house and I've never watched The Bachelor, full disclosure. I've never seen it. Okay. But I assume it's the same premise where a yes. bunch of dudes and a bunch of chicks, because I think they only do heterosexual Bachelor. They, right? this is correct. Yes. But typically there's one guy who's the Bachelor and then there are a bunch of girls or there's one girl who's the Bachelorette and then there are a bunch of guys. 
This right. is, this is now typical. Now this one. It's closer to like if you've ever seen Bachelor in Paradise, they have men and women <laughs> together. Oh. It's closer to that. I think it's going to be kind of along those lines where it's like there's a whole group of men and women together in the house at the same time. So it's, well, it's like that. Well, if there is a show called Bachelor in Paradise, then this is definitely Bachelor in Hell or On the Way to It. Like River Sticks version. And at minimum, Bachelor at Woodstock '99. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it hasn't gone that bad yet, but we're on our way. What we're, what, <laughs> yeah, oh, we're not far. No, okay, what were some of your 12, favorite things? Oh, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay, so it's twelve dudes and eight chicks. Yeah, is the breakdown this time? So episode one, they were like. You each have to, the ladies have to give a flower to a dude and four people are going home automatically. <laughs> um, my The highlights for me so far are the, the guy who everyone immediately hated the second he opened his mouth. Yeah. Oh, I forget his name. Oh, he so he's the one who came in and he just immediately started acapella singing some song called Hot Touch. Yeah, like he's like, oh, this yes. is my song called Hot. And like everyone's music, everyone like everyone, the whole thing is that they're all I'm using like huge air quotes musicians <laughs> and like singers and they come in. So like, you know that there's going to be like some music, but people are just like being normal. I mean, normal again, air quotes, but they're hanging out, like they're meeting each other. This dude comes in like he's that guy from high school. You know, the one that like the one that plays guitar and sings that just can't help himself. Like everywhere he goes, it has to be like, here's my new song. And like, yeah. So you're in a house full of musicians. So you're like even less unique and special because like everyone, like, I don't know, but he comes in and he starts singing like an original song called Hot Touch. Like, it's just so bad. He's like, he's doing like a weird, he sounds like he's doing, he sounds like he's doing like an impression of Mike Posner. (laughs) Like he's doing like a Saturday Night Live version of Mike Posner or something. I haven't thought about Mike Posner in so long. You're welcome. Thank you for that. Wow. You're, you're welcome. But um, he has like a very unique voice that I think he does. like works, yeah. works for him and whatever. But this guy okay, is like so, he's trying to do it, but he's also like a Muppet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he shows up and just immediately turns all the women off. And he sits down on no less than two occasions on a couch with two women who – He's like, oh, I kind of like you. And then they're like, oh, um, I just have to go to the bathroom and (laughs) get up and walk away from him. And then the camera just stays on him while he sits there, just like with his arms still around the (laughs) couch, like waiting. Like two of the most uncomfortable rejects. People are already making out in hot tubs and people are like, wow, I do not want to be around this dude. Do you remember what he said to one of the girls, though? I like your lips. (laughs) Or do you? lips he's like i like your lips oh my god ew and she's like she just grabbed her like drink and she's like awkwardly taking sips of her drink and he's like you know like my lips oh and then she goes she goes can you beatbox for me and he did (laughs) badly oh no yeah he and then she was like i I have to go over here now and she got up and like 
in the most awkward way, avoided kissing him. Oh, it was terrible. Oh, it was bad. She, like, leaned out. But then she proceeded to obviously tell the story to, like, all the girls in the house. And now everybody knows that he's, like, this major creeper. I mean, if you didn't notice by him entering while singing a an, an acapella original called Hot Touch, then... <sighs> that didn't like, that didn't mm, send up a red flag. I don't know what does, you know. Really gonna impress these people. Yeah. Um other favorite part was the girl who already got in a fighting screaming match over a guy she's known for like 97 minutes because he said he'd go on a date with her and he didn't. Like yeah. as if had, as if he had missed a filing deadline on their divorce papers. <laughs> she like yeah she so that was rudy and matt so like rudy is the girl and matt is the guy he yeah they they really had a connection and 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 he said he was gonna go on a date with me (laughs) she freaked out yeah didn't she screamed in front of everyone and then she said and then of all the people she sat down so at least more than one person sat down to sing a song about their emotions and what they're going through. And when she started singing, she opened her mouth. She's an indie girl singer. Oh. I fucking knew. Of knew there was going to be. She started, she opened her mouth and I was like, I like looked at Tom and I was like, of course she has fake indie girl voice. Like, what is she doing? She sounds like a British baby. I don't understand what the heck is up with that voice. And she also, honestly, like, it sounded like there might be, like, kind of a voice in there somewhere. Like, she wouldn't even have been, like, super bad. But I couldn't get past the, just the affect. I think that's my main issue with indie girl singing style, is that a lot of the times, I think there sounds like there's an actual nice voice behind there. Mm -hmm. But just fucking vowels and consonants gone they're just whipping them out the window they're like why bother oh man that was that was intense and then uh like this other girl who like we didn't even see the entire time uh, ended up so rudy didn't give her rose to matt and then some other random girl like she got up to give her rose and i was like who is she like they haven't showed her at all and she picks this matt dude the dude that rudy was freaking out at so like already we have a pot stir and right. then there was there so was when, a guy Did so you- when so when the producers picked matt i mean when she picked matt uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. when i'm like okay i know exactly what's going on here they're like uh you didn't uh connect with anyone or talk to anyone here can you just pick one of the two dudes who the girls already got into a fight with and are clearly going home that would be great yeah that we just need we need to keep that drama on the show there was also mm-hmm. a guy, I don't know if you noticed at the very end, because like you mentioned, four guys went home because there were four less mm-hmm. girls than guys. And it was a girl's rose ceremony. So one of the guys, I literally did, hadn't seen him at all and, until the end. They're like, all right, fellas, you know, you haven't been picked. You can say your goodbyes. And like they pan and one of the guys who I recognize turns and like gives this other bro like a hug or whatever. And I was like, who is that? Is it like the, the cameraman? like got in the shot like literally this poor guy had zero camera time he must have been so uninteresting he was probably really normal and wonderful i think in a show that was supposed to be about musicians getting together to sing and make music together i think someone sang twice yeah from what i know yeah yeah there was like a weird forced group thing 
with like of like was it lean on me uh, somebody played in something like that. some one of those weird one of those songs and then just yeah. weird indie girl and then hot touch guy and he actually came back later with the guitar and played hot touch with the guitar like stop and then and then a guy and then oh oh my god okay so the guy that got the oh shit ryan the one who got the date with oh, what's her name what's her name the girl jamie i don't know I don't know. This is my Game of Thrones. Like, I have no idea what these people's names are. And if you want me to go ahead and start making up Game of Thrones names like I did for poor John, who had to learn two full sets of names for everyone, the Terry version and the actual version, then we can do that. I think, okay, okay. I think, all right. So we, I have some nicknames for the people because this guy, I think his name is yes. Ryan. He looks like if John Mayer was a character yes. on Beavis and Butthead. Yes, I know exactly <laughs> who you are talking about. Okay. Exactly. So he's that guy and he gets a date with this, I think the girl's Jamie and they get to go to like Capitol Records Studios and they record, they get to like arrange a version of John Mayer's Gravity, which is weird because the guy like, like I said, looks Cause like Because he weird, looks like him and, and he sounds like him too. Yeah, like a weird dis- distorted <laughs> cartoon version. It's weird. But then they get to like, they're supposed to like arrange this version and they have these studio musicians who like played with John Mayer and whatever. And they like, one, they came up with like the most boring arrangement of the song. There's like no harmony, like nothing. It's like way too low for her. Even though they move it up, she doesn't change the melody at all. I'm like, what are you, yeah, what are you it, doing? It was a duet. It was a duet, but they weren't like harmonizing. They were just taking turns singing. Yeah. Awkwardly in no one's range because mm-hmm. they put it in like mm-hmm. a weird middle key that wasn't mm-hmm. good for anyone so it was weird that was their whole date thing and then so this girl also was seen making out with a different guy in the hot tub the first night so she comes back and then first guy shit i forget his name he first whatever guy hot tub guy was like i need to win her back or whatever so he takes pulls her aside and he plays her a different fucking john mayer song i'm like okay dude like but then it's like, okay, well, he played Slow Dancing in a Burning Room, which to me is my fave John Mayer song. So I was like, all right, I don't know based on the enough song, about but. John Mayer to weigh in on whether or not that was an acceptable song to choose. I'm like, did John Mayer sponsor this fucking show? Like, what is happening? Well, that's his kid, clearly. <laughs> it's like a weird, illegitimate child. I don't understand. Him and Davis yeah. <laughs> did it. And that's the baby that came out. Oh my God. I it was bad. That was bad. And then she picked sec she picked hot tub guy, right? And then she picked hot tub guy. And then someone else. And then picked, some other random woman picked John Beavis John Mayer. That's right. Wait, that's right. That was the girl that oh god, now I'm confusing them. That was the girl that picked he, she picked him, the girl that we hadn't seen at all. Mm-hmm. Oh God! I don't there, know. Were two, there were two. But there were two of those. There's okay. a lot going on. There's a lot. But here are the main things you need to know. Maybe two songs were sung total, like <laughs> yeah, in a show that was supposed to be about musicians. Like no one's singing; they're all just crying and finger banging in the hot tub is what it should be called. Yeah, uh, and everyone's is terrible, and they are clearly <laughs> two babies that were grown on another planet. And they were brought here to, to to be taught how to be humans. That's yep. it. Yep. That's what's happening. It's that. That's it. So we we have taken to instead of 
uh, playing gigs where we get harassed and heckled and then talk about it. We're watching <laughs> this bullshit and and living vicariously through the awfulness of that. Um, so join us. We'll we'll give you updates. I guess we'll keep you updated. Yeah, on yeah. finger banging. Yeah, for sure. Um, and watch then. Then you can watch like right after. You can flip the channel and you can watch Songland, which will like give you back your you know faith in the humanity of music and actual talent and all that jazz. So that's like, yeah. that brings me up. I like can't go to, I can't go to bed like right after listen to your heart or like weird shit will happen in my dreams. So um, <laughs> I need song. I want to know about, out. I want to know about the casting process. Oh, for God. Just look up. I looked up the, um, I looked up the casting application for the bachelor once because I had a coworker that we wanted to sign up because we would always joke about like having, um, having her be on the bachelor and whatever. But, um, just, just, just look up the application and look at the types of questions that they ask to be, yeah, to, to apply for a show like that. I'm sure there was some, you know, musical things maybe added for the listen to your heart one, but yeah, just look at the type, of bullshit they ask you and then you'll get an idea of the things like, they look for are you an indie girl singer <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah oh, but anyhow um terry you have a historical story for us i do it's lightly historical okay. uh, it's a little different but uh i've been talking about talking about it and i'm gonna talk about it i i'm gonna so. listen about it <laughs> uh, I don't know if you are aware, but there was a lot of drama around this year's Grammy Awards. And I, the term awards with air quotes. Man. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I didn't notice. I don't think I knew about any additional drama than there usually is. So I'm excited. I'm, I'm Ooh, what What? What regular drama are you referring to? I mean, just, to? just like the, the normal politics and bullshit and, you know, yeah. all of that. But I yeah. didn't hear anything, like, specifically to this year. So I've got my water and I'm ready. <laughs> As do I. So I think that's that's a really good point. Like, when you think of the Grammys, I always just think of, like, oh, it's just politics and bullshit and whatever. And I've always enjoyed watching the Grammys. I think it's just, it's fun to watch. Award shows in general, I think... I'm sure there's bullshit going on behind all the scenes, but I don't know. I think it's a fun thing to do. Yeah. Um, and in the past, there's been a lot of politics. So um, so this year was kind of a new year because um, they hired a new president of the Grammys. So for the first time in Grammys history, they hired a female president of oh. the association. So the old, the guy who used to be, I just remember because he used to come out and didn't he kind of look like one of our professors? Did he? he? Yeah. He, he reminded me of, I think it was Moylan. He, is that what he looked like? I think so. Um, Well, now I got to look him up. I know. Anyway. Okay. So they, uh, I didn't realize that he was not uh, there anymore. He usually would come out and he would give out like the educator of the year award at the end and whatever. Right. And like talk about the. Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't know who did that this year. Um, Okay. So Deborah Dugan was hired in August, 2019 as the Grammy's first female president after the resignation of the previous president, Neil Portnow. 
who was forced to resign after making comments about gender representation in the music industry. Mm. In the previous year, when asked about the unequal representation of female professionals in the industry, Neil put the blame on the women themselves, saying, quote, Women who have the creativity in their hearts and souls, who want to be musicians, who want to be engineers, producers, and want to be part of the industry on the executive level, they need to step it up because I think they would be welcome. <sighs> yeah, you know. I'm going to let, I'm going to take a minute to let everyone <laughs> scream in their car. Okay, get it out. No one's in the um, car. They have nowhere to go. Everyone's like, oh yeah, everyone's you're right. pretending to clean their house right now, or like, get yeah. out, get out your Pringles can and <laughs> scream away. Get out your Purell, scrub your hands. <laughs> I don't even. Yeah, you know, scrub your brain. <laughs> silly us. I just. I wish I had realized earlier. I just the problem was I just wasn't trying hard enough. I was just, Fuck. I was lazy. All, all the females were just lazy. I forgot to try. Yeah. So. I didn't realize that I had to do that. I thought, yeah, that's weird. So I think he had been, he had been interviewed for like a magazine or something like that. And that's where that quote came out. So as a result, many prominent women, including recording artists, record executives, uh, all kinds of women in the industry circulated a petition condemning his words and asking him to resign. The petition read this quote, the statement you made this week about women in music needing to quote step up was spectacularly wrong and insulting and at its core oblivious to the vast body of work created by and with women. Your attempt to backpedal only emphasizes your refusal to recognize us and our achievements. Your most recent remarks do not constitute recognition of women's achievements, but rather a call for men to take action to welcome women. We do not await your welcome into the fraternity. We do not have to sing louder, jump higher, or be nicer to prove ourselves. Put down your Pringles can. <laughs> um, that's the correct answer. Okay. So... The letter included details about representation at the Grammys, including that over the past six years, so prior to 2018, so this was after the 2018 Grammys, mm -hmm. a full 90% of the 899 Grammy nominees were male. Only 10% of Record of the Year nominees were women, and zero women at all were nominated for producing honors. Wow. So... Let's talk about representation for a minute. And this is from me. This is no one else. Um, <laughs> saying that women need to step up in order to be acknowledged for their work, it's, it's similar to victim blaming. It's putting the onus of achievement on women when they're already working and achieving at the same level as men within the industry, but being passed over for the same opportunities. So both for jobs within the industry, as well as creative honors and recognition by those within the industry who hold an implicit bias in favor of men and fail to acknowledge those women until they have exceeded the efforts, which they expect to see in men. That's what implicit bias is. Mm -hmm. If this port now or based on his comments more like neil port circa 1960 <laughs> you have to achieve at 150 percent more in order to for me to consider you instead of a man that's not 
equality. Yeah. That's an implicit bias. That's right. what implicit I think mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people think that like the <laughs> they're they're the two options are like either I don't know I think not the two options I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not saying this well I'm not representing my thoughts well here but I think people think that it has to be um, like women are just going to get the award just because they're a woman or, you know, this goes for any minority and that's not what anyone wants because then that actually devalues the entire thing. But I think a lot of people like can't see that, that like happy medium point of like, no, there just needs to be like an equal playing field. like an equal opportunity. If the man actually was better, then that's great. But that the woman Mm -hmm. should be like considered like wherever she, yeah, the, that's the whole idea of the, of the bias. Right. And it's like, right. The idea that it's a bias, it's like ingrained within us and we don't even like know that it's there. So exactly, exactly. And, you know, obviously, please, everyone, just give me a second of uh, all these noises. Those are just me descending down from my soapbox here. But it's (laughs) no one should have to put in in this specific case. I'm talking about women because, you know, me, I talk about women. We don't need to put in 150 percent in order to get the same acknowledgement and opportunities that men are getting at 100 percent. That's not the idea. And the same thing that you just said, we shouldn't get acknowledged and recognition just for uh, being a woman and operating at 50%. It's all about the actual value of the work you're doing. Right. So um, after his dismissal, a task force was created. So he was, so he was dismissed. He resigned after that. You're dismissed. You know what? They're like, you're done. Yeah. So after his dismissal, he didn't, he didn't get a rose was, is what happened at that rose. <laughs> he did not. They, they actually took his rose away. She was yeah. like, ooh, yeah, I'm going to give this to a Beavis John Mayer over <laughs> We're here. We're going to go listen to our hearts and our hearts are not with <laughs> you, Neil. Oh. So after his dismissal, a task force was created <laughs> in the Grammys in order to address the changes that needed to be made. Because obviously... Part of this implicit bias uh, comes with, you know, institutional issues. Why aren't women being recognized? Why aren't there, you know, if he's saying, hey, step up, you, why aren't women in a position where they can show off their work? So, yeah, and it goes, I mean, it goes all the way back and kind of down to like certain professions and certain industries, like they're not marketed as much toward both genders, right? Like Mm, there mm -hmm. aren't as many you know, female construction workers. There aren't as many male aestheticians. There are, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, it goes down to like how we're marketing education and how the imagery that people see in society and schools and it, there's, there's, it's deep. Like there's a lot. It's deep. There. Right. Deep, deep. Yeah. And if he's saying, Hey, I would have, you know, given an award to a woman or we would have given an award to a woman for a producing honor if there had been any good, female producers but if you are not you know promoting women within the industry and letting them rise up and work their way to the top then they're never going to get to a point where they can be recognized right Um, so uh they the task force was created to address the changes and the ceo of the times up movement was actually hired to head that task force and deborah dugan was hired as the president of 
Grammys as a part of these overwhelming changes that where were going to be made. Where so, did they find her? Like there just are no women. Oh, so <laughs> did they? Have are to? you ready, Ashley? <laughs> and that's so. That's actually a very valid point in this whole story. Um, Deborah Dugan had previously worked as the CEO for Bono's Red Charity. Stop it! They had to go outside of the industry. To bring someone in. Of course, Bono saved the day, you guys. Of course course he did. did. Fucking Bono. So she was, uh, that's what he does, right? Oh my God, he's going to rescue us from this whole coronavirus. (laughs) Probably. He's been actually pretty quiet. I haven't seen him. Yeah, you're right. Where is he? I I mean, I don't have like a a hotline to Bono. Like I don't follow him or anything on (laughs) social media, but like. Really, he's been very oddly quiet now that I think about it. Yeah. Anyway, come on, Bono. Bono, let us know. Let us know. Let it. So we'll put your uh, your official word out on Gigtails. So she was the first outsider. I'm using air quotes from the music industry to be to be brought in as president. Hmm. And historically, it was expected that a person would have risen slowly within the ranks of the music industry to eventually become the president, CEO, or other high ranking position in like an industry corporation. But like we just said, if you're not giving appropriate recognition for women, even at lower levels, and they're not raising their way to the top, they're not going to make it to the top. Mm -hmm. So just 10 days prior to the Grammys of 2020, the Grammy Awards ceremony 2020, Deborah was suspended by the Academy claiming that she had harassed an assistant then in return requested a ridiculous 22 million dollar payout in order to quote go quietly so she countersued claiming that after being hired she was repeatedly harassed exposed to repeated and rampant sexual misconduct and was trying to change the culture from within. and then the academy questioned why she had quote only brought the claims once a claim was filed against her so they were saying oh you're you're only saying you were harassed because we suspended you. And she's saying, no, I'm bringing these up because these were part of my, you hired me to change the culture here. And this is what I'm discovering. So she released like a list of problems within the industry. So, and to that, I just say, you know, there are a million reasons why women don't come forward with harassment claims. Obviously, Deborah Dugan's situation is very specific in that she was trying to actually kind of like catalog them and figure out what was going on and yeah, why was, they were happening. It was like part of her assignment, you know, it wasn't just yeah, something that exactly. was happening on the side. Yeah. She was looking exactly. for them. She, right. Yeah. That's why she was brought in there was to find this kind of shit, but you know, women for all kinds of reasons, fear of retaliation, uh, a fear of being shunned by your coworkers of being called a liar, being called difficult, all which can undo the hard work you've taken to get into the position you've made it made it into after having had to achieve at 150% to get there in the first place. Mm. And then you have it stripped away just for being labeled difficult or whatever by your coworkers. You know, there's a lot of reason women don't report harassment. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you're being brought in because the industry has that going on in it. But I mean, I'm being harassed by a coworker at work right now. I can't say anything about it. I haven't seen him in a month because of all the Corona things. So that's, been nice but yeah yeah Yeah. it's tough um i can relate to that but there are there's just there's a million reasons why you wouldn't bring that stuff up 
immediately. So back to the diversity task force that we were just talking about, the one that got implemented after Neil Portnow left. So all the time that after Dugan had been brought on board, the task force was continuing to do its work and do its research about diversity and issues in the Grammys. The task force had done some research and it documented really bad numbers for women at the Grammys, like we talked about before. So just 20% of voting members in 2018 were women. Just 20% of voting members. Mm. Isn't that insane? Mm-hmm. So they documented this. They recommended changes. They document they um, documented a lot of issues going on, and they recommended changes. That's that's what the point of this task force was. And one task force member said that she approached the assignment with an open mind, but quickly began to question the sincerity of the effort when some of the same male male leadership whose names have come up in the Deborah Dugan story, the harassment and stuff, inexplicably began attending their meetings, making it clear, quote, we would not be allowed to do our work going forward without them present. So she's saying the very troublemakers that they were identifying were insisting on being on the task force. Mm. And it became impossible for them to do their jobs and make changes. So she said, that task force member said, she felt now that real change wasn't wanted or desired, only the positive optics of our group's involvement. Mm -hmm. So the board's members eventually came out and said that Ms. Dugan was moving too fast and making too many changes too quickly and was without first was doing so without first understanding how the organization worked and was ignoring and leading to office turmoil. So the counter to that, the task force counter to that argument of her just like coming through and blasting through and making changes is, yeah, we need we needed these changes. She was absolutely making those changes without employee input and making drastic changes because these were severe changes. Women were being harassed mm-hmm. constantly. There were all sorts of other issues that we had to put into place. So, you know, they say one thing and here's where the task force and they say the other thing. So here's where it gets messy. Bear with me. <laughs> Get your Pringles can ready. Oh, no. Um, so the news of her suspension arrived only three weeks after she had sent a long, detailed memo to the Academy's HR department containing numerous complaints about the Academy. So all this stuff we've been talking about, the harassment, not just with her, with other women, representation, all these things, she sent a huge laundry list. I believe you can look it up and see all of the complaints as well. Wow. Detail. She was suspended just 10 days before the Grammys aired in February, which was right after after her filing of her list of complaints. Are you with me? Okay. (laughs) The Academy, however, complains that her suspension was the result of a complaint by Neil Portnow, the former president, his former assistant, who Dugan kept on when she replaced Portnow. Okay. Okay over Dugan's, quote, bullying managerial style and abusive work environment that this employee made back in 2019, okay? So she's, so Dugan's being suspended 10 days before the Grammys, a couple weeks after she filed the list of problematic issues in February, Mm -hmm. and they're claiming that this suspension is related to a claim an employee made back in November. So something doesn't, 
Yeah, because that's that's bad on them for like why did they wait so long? Because if she really was bullying and and you know I, I'd have to assume that whatever you know this is a big corporation so there's an hr team if there's a a complaint filed or whatever then Mm -hmm. that's investigated and you don't wait (laughs) like from november to february or even to january to do that like that's done probably more quickly and right so you have to assume that you know either it wasn't filed in november or it wasn't technically filed as a complaint or that it was investigated at the time and found that it wasn't you know substantiated or whatever yeah that it wasn't true or whatnot and you know yeah the timing is very the, the timing suspect. is very dicey not really how and work. i i won't get into it in detail but in fairness like to that employee i think you know i'm an employee if i made a complaint i'd want it to be taken seriously dugan's um counter to that employee's claim was that she was actually a terrible assistant and the quote bullying she was talking about was like Dugan had been writing her up for bad um just bad work basically and she was and that employee didn't like being disciplined she had never been disciplined by her previous yeah um yeah, her previous manager, whatever you yeah, want to call and, it. Yeah, I mean, assistants and have, like, typically a very close relationship, and there's probably some loyalty mm-hmm. there. And there's, I think, you I, know, it's always hard to have a, a yeah, boss. And there, and, yeah, and, yeah. So There were a lot of people who were very loyal to Neil Portnow after he left. So yeah. um, there was definitely some animosity there as well. And who, I'm not going to make a statement on whether, like, Dugan did or did not engage in those behaviors. If I was an employee making like that, I'd want to be taken very seriously. But the timing of the suspension doesn't add up either way. Right, right. And it's totally fine for people to be supportive of Portnow and whatever, because I'm sure he did a lot of, you know, he was in that position for a long time, I think. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure he did lots of great things and, and, you know, some not so great things, obviously. Some but, not so great yeah, things. Yeah, but I'm sure some people, you know, respect certain things that he did and whatever. So yeah, it's it all it all makes sense. It's and, all it's just yeah, yeah. And even the worst people have friends. Like even monsters have allies and enemies. I'm not saying Portnow is a, a monster, but I'm yeah, saying yeah. it's a thing of like, no, he was great, he was fine. Like, yeah, I'm sure he was great to there were a lot of people who were who after he left remained very loyal to him so that doesn't mean that he couldn't have been a good guy to lots of people there right Right. um so after all this she started basically deborah dude had no reason to hold back all of her and all of her findings because she exposed a very complicated inner circle inner circle 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 (laughs) I'm gonna rewind. <laughs> Ms. Dugan exposed a very complicated inner circle manipulation tactic by Academy members to elevate artists that were associated with to get nominated. So, in layman's terms, it's political. It's yeah. and she exposed it. Yeah. So, keep in mind, a whopping eighty percent of the voting body is male. So that also affects which male artists are getting recognition. So part of her long list of complaints exposed that warp voting tactic, which I think we've all kind of known for a long time, but she definitely like, um, it open. 
Yeah, she'd do I even care? Figured out like who's <laughs> in with who, and yeah, and I what you you know what you said yes. originally about award shows is yeah, I feel the same. Like there's always some politics. I think they're kind of. I think the mm-hmm. award part is bullshit. Like I don't. I think mm-hmm. I have a hard time with awards for art anyway, in general. Yeah, but I but also yeah, it's just it's kind of fun to to watch the performances and you know see all the artists and I like to see the collaborations and stuff like who collaborates but i'm fully aware that the award part is bullshit and i don't i don't like ever like respect someone more something because they're they have a you know an award or i don't know yeah no yeah (laughs) no yeah uh and that's definitely a thing but yeah if she was able to kind of like expose the who's who of you know the the inner, the inner circular. Yeah. (laughs) And I guess I didn't, I didn't like delve into the Oscars or anything. I think they have similar issues in the Oscars to the village, but um, like this example, only four women have been nominated for best score. And this year, Mm -hmm. the woman, she won for, um, it was Joker. Right. And I have to say I was 1000% rooting for 1917 because mm. the score seen 1917 the score is fucking phenomenal. In fact, I leaned over to Sean so that and I went, this is the best movie score I've heard in probably 20 years. I'm so I can't, excited. I haven't seen it. We haven't seen it yet, but we're going to rent it because it's now it's on oh, to rent. So, yeah. Oh, it's wicked good. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I'm not going to make a statement and be like, oh, they just gave it to her because she's a woman. But let's assume, like, let's make a a total hypothetical case and say they did. Like, then that doesn't do anyone justice. No. Like, yeah, no. I don't know. I'm I'm not getting into that, but right. I was I was excited that she won and that a woman won. But I was like, damn, I really wanted 1917 to win, yeah. so I was kind of by that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, every award, even like the local. I saw recently um, there are there are some like local music awards, you know that that happen. And I recently saw um, a fellow musician of mine who has actually you know been nominated for some stuff, and she posted like you know what like. She's like, I'm I've been nominated for these things. And I still think like, what is wrong with these? Like, how are these people being chosen and selected? And like, what's the criteria? And just, you know, all, everyone, mm-hmm. all the all the local musicians are commenting like, yeah, it's just like, whatever, like, it's an honor to be recognized. It's nice to be recognized by anyone, you know, whether it's a a person who says like, hey, I heard your song and I liked it or someone who says, hey, I run an award show and I want to nominate you like recognition is great to be recognized for, yeah. for your art and what you're creating. But beyond that, it's like, it's all kind of bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't take it too seriously. I'm not hurt that Ariana Grande didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> um, so oh. Grammy. Uh, so her claim of this exposing this uh, warp voting ta- tactic was that she claimed that Grammy voting irregularities stem from the board who don't promote a transparent nomination process. So submissions for awards are voted on by the Academy's 12,000 members and the top 20 selections are reviewed by quote, secret committees. Um, Artists who have prior relationships with the board are often given priority. And in some cases they're even added at a later date by those um, 
board members. Uh, yeah, exactly. So there are no so, rules. It's like, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like you can vote. You can be part of that huge voting body. And then one of these people on this secret committee can just come in and go, oh, well, I'm going to throw in, you know, Ed Sheeran, which is actually ironic because Dugan's complaint alleges that Ed Sheeran and Ariana Grande were snubbed for 2019 Song of the Year as a result of this um, process. Okay. So they had the voting process and then these top secret committees came out and said, nope, and bumped them out and put in their own people. <laughs> so ridiculous right like, isn't that crazy like imagine like the the pr- the presidential not that i want to get into the presidential election but imagine like everybody votes and it's like okay we have like trump and biden and then all of a sudden they're like actually joe smithers won like we just popped him <laughs> in here it's like who the fuck was that he wasn't even on the ballot like that's literally what it's like but yeah like the electoral the- college yeah comes out and goes, oh, actually, actually. we just voted not be this John Mayer because we like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like even, even like, I don't know. They, yeah, it has to at least be someone we've like heard of, like <laughs> for the electoral college to like step in. But oh my God, yeah. Ooh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so back to Deborah Dugan for a minute. So she uh, exposed all that. And we had just been talking about this. Now I'm going to go back to the thing about Deborah Dugan coming in and uh, we're talking about loyalty. So it's important to note that a handful of high level female executives clapped back at her claims, claiming they're totally false. None of this harassment exists. Uh, It's foundless. And they just unwaveringly supported the organization. But I want to address the facts. I'm not dismissing their claims, but it is important when we're talking about institutional issues that it's important to acknowledge that part of her long list of complaints was a boys club mentality Mm. that led to the sexist treatment of other women in the academy, including Chief Information Officer Megan Clark, former Vice President of Music Air's Dana going to mess up her name to Markin and two other unnamed women. So women, so women can also be subconsciously sexist and they can fall into this boys club. And if they're playing into it well, and they're getting the recognition and they're, you know, essentially being quote secret agents for the patriarchy and they're feeding into that. I know that's like a super high feminist word. And I know some people <laughs> don't worry. I'm not like, no, but um, yeah, I think this happens like on a, on a, like a less on a global scale really it, it does but in a less like extreme way i think it's like sometimes women who are more like men which like i can mm-hmm. i have i can relate to this because you know i i've often been like one of the guys i have two brothers i've always had like more guy friends than girlfriends and kind of like blended in with the dudes and i haven't really ever been like a girl's gal so in a work context that translates as well and i think that i do like because of those traits and things and no one like forced me to be like that it's just like it's you know Mm -hmm. i think it has a lot to do with how i grew up with brothers like i said and stuff like that but i do see that like i'm blind a little more blind to it sometimes too because i i i can still you know see sometimes when i feel like I may be discriminated against because I'm a female, but I don't, I, I think I don't, I don't even see it because I don't experience it as much as other people do who might have a more traditional fem, feminine approach, like a softer mm-hmm. approach. I'm very direct. I'm very assertive. Mm-hmm. And I think 
that those aren't typically like the stereotypical female qualities or whatever. So when someone who's more traditionally female tries to fit in with the boys, it's definitely harder. But even I sometimes don't see that being a female because I don't have as much of that challenge. And it's not because I'm better or anything like that. It's just different. It's different qualities, different traits. And a big part of that too is behavior. And if you're acting in a way that's, for example, with this claim, those women who are loyal to Port now, if you behave in a way that they approve of, they will reward you. And that's a big thing. Like I'll admit, I used to be that the kind of person who said like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't really like girls or like, I'm different than other girls. And now I'm like, oh, those are things that are like, of embedded in us to say to differentiate us from women when men like institutionally with institutional power mm-hmm. can say like oh you're not like other girls it makes you feel good and it makes you want to behave in a way sure. that men with institutional power want you to behave so that's yeah. so there are absolutely women who can be sexist too and say no these women are making up they're lying yeah. he's never acted that way he's nice like yep. even yeah I think there's Even another. People, yeah. 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 I think that's a thing. I think there's another element in like the entertainment industry where it's not even mm. necessarily the women who, and I think a lot of industries for that matter, but not even the women who necessarily like act like the boys or act like men, but it's the ones that like, you know, we, I think you talked about like the radio tours and stuff and how women were expected to like dress and flirt with the, uh, the you know, yeah. the interviewers and stuff like that. So I think if you, when you said, you know, behave in a way that the men approve of, I think sometimes that's yeah. the thing too, like the far really mm-hmm. feminine behavior that's, you can be in the room as long as you, you know, show, show yeah. your cleavage and, you know. Flip, and it's hard to know. Yeah. And I think that's part of the problem too, especially for women. If you're trying to do this to get those, that institutional male power approval, it's hard to know if they want you to behave as the, oh, flirty girl or the just a guy. And like, it shouldn't be that game. You should just be yourself. Yeah. And that's that's what it comes down to. And that's what, yeah, that's what happens in these institutional. I don't know how to say institutional in the way I want to say it with positions of institutional power, putting women in a position where they have to guess, you want me to behave this way or that way. Yeah. It's it's tough. You can just be yourself. And if you happen to be hot and have big boobs, then like, cool, bring them, but like (laughs) bring them in the room. But if you happen to be like assertive and and loud mm-hmm. and bring that like whatever you shouldn't have to no one should have to like Fine. play the game of like what do I need to do to fit I mean now if we're you're shy inclusion, yeah you know? yeah and if you're shy and quiet and you cry when you're in you know posi- in situations Stress. that make you uncomfortable yeah. like, it's okay to cry or like get emotional to just be yourself where you can wear makeup and be a rocket scientist you can do all of it yeah didn't you see hidden figures <laughs> i loved that movie Me so too. okay <laughs> anyhow back okay to, back to deb so <laughs> this has been an ever-evolving story and it still is even day by day which is why i kept putting it off but i think we're day, like day bid day <laughs> yeah day but day um god i love that movie so much <laughs> I want to make an official statement. Okay, so for those of you who in summer, like Wet Hot American Summer Camp and 10 years later, the Netflix series, better original. 
insult to the original. I, think, I just think they fucking nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. I like I like both. I like the movie. The original. But yeah. So um this has been ever evolving day. I think we're finally in a place in the news where this is really out of the news and I have nothing else to report on it right now. But as of today, Deborah Dugan has been officially fired. She's been let go. And she, now she's in the process of exposing the fully rigged voting model. Um, once she was fired, she levied, levied even more claims against the Academy against about harassment, including, including, I cannot talk, this coronavirus has rendered me unable to talk, including longtime Grammy Awards executive producer Ken Ehrlich, I don't know how to say his name, um, who was involved in to unduly influence the nominations process. So this story is still ever evolving. I might have an update on it in the future, but she's definitely gone and she's definitely like, all right, I'm letting it all fly now. Um, hmm. Yeah, that's it. That's the story, man. Grammys 2020. Nice. Wow. Yeah. And Grammys still went on. It still happened. Yeah, they did. I didn't realize there was all that drama. Yeah, it's tough, right? Because they're like a they're an organization too, right? So like if they, you know, with any awards show or awards organization, like if they want to have <laughs> like the the secret society that can bump people out of the votes, then I guess then they're allowed to do that if that's how they want to do it. But I think it's, mm-hmm. it's in, are they disclosing that or are they being transparent about that? Or are they trying to, are they being unethical and, fooling people into thinking that it's all based on the votes and i don't know because i haven't i haven't looked right. into, like what's their official statement but i mean hey they're allowed to do that but yeah it's it comes down to some right. pretty slim ethics situations that are is this tiring. a is this a seriously merit-based award or is this a you know first grade wiffle ball team where kenny's dad is the coach and it's clearly biased like it's got to be one of the too and you know there's a lot going on and i think the voting aspect of it is just one aspect of it like yeah. and then there's the yeah, representation which a lot of people in the music industry are coming out and having issues with right now but yeah so much i it's it's interesting it reminds me of like because because they hold so much weight right like the grammys and same with the oscars mm-hmm. you know for for film um but because the Grammys do hold weight and they are, you know, res- respected and I think well-regarded in a lot of scenarios yeah. now, do they then control, and I know this is kind of rhetorical because um, it's more of a statement than a question, but I'm going to phrase it as a question. Do they then control like the decisions that the labels make, you know, based on what artists they're going to sign and what artists, what songs they're going to release mm-hmm. and when I know like people mm-hmm. time their releases based on like, the um when like new song and new album and new artist and stuff like that people will time the releases of that stuff to be within the windows for the grammys or like if there were a lot of great songs that my song might compete against or that are similar to my song for this year we might delay my song until next year because it might have a better Uh chance up against those songs like there's a lot of bullshit like that so then it kind of 
like they control or they influence a lot of the decisions that are made elsewhere in the industry. It's almost like Mm -hmm. it's like standardized testing for schools, right? Like teachers then are like teaching to the test instead of like teaching things, Mm -hmm. like teaching knowledge to the kids. It's betting on, yeah, it's betting on baseball. Even if you're betting for your team, if you're betting on them on Monday, Wednesday, but not on Tuesday, your decisions will affect the the decisions you make on Tuesday for everyone else on the team. Like mm-hmm. if you're rigging it, it has effects for everyone. Yeah. yeah. And their decisions. Right. Yeah. It's I like, think... we, and it's a multi-million dollar operation. It's a huge fucking operation. Right. So it kind of comes back to, I think it's, it's, it's ethics and, and by the way of like corporate social responsibility too, right? Like, that they have the power mm-hmm. within the industry to impact like decisions and things. So what is then their social responsibility to, mm-hmm. you know, if it was just like mom and pops rinky dink music awards that nobody cares and like decisions aren't based on, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> those are my favorite awards. So yeah, that's- Welcome to the, the mom and pops rinky dink music awards coming at you live. <laughs> From, yes, one eighty two. <laughs> what does the award look like for that? Those awards. God, it's like a piece of wood that was can. like shaped <laughs> Yeah, a Pringles can spray painted gold. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man! Wow. Sponsor us. I know it's a lot. I, I apologize for my feminism on that one it really came out <laughs> it's good it has to come out sometimes i think it's good um i do think it's important for us to talk about representation as two women yeah. in music yeah yeah and i think it goes it's it's all minorities too right and like mm-hmm. you know you look at yeah. different genres and how genres are you know certain races and we you know we talk genres and stuff too is mm-hmm. such an issue and we talk about, you know, we talked about the voting body being only 20%, part of the reason, 20% women, part of the reason that's important is representation takes the form of who's telling our stories. So, you know, for me, I tend to tell stories about women. That's, that's a, you know, that's a cause that's important to me in women's equality. But yeah, there, there are other issues as well with minorities and people of color and different races and all, you know, um, ableism, people with disabilities, all kinds of things. And if you aren't represented in a voting body or, you know, um, you know, like for example, in a movie studio or a music studio or whatever, your story is not going to be told because though we tell our own stories and that's why representation is important in all areas. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's diversity of background too. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. Just, yeah. yeah, it's like, it's the, it's the Grammys. It's like, it's not like the, you know, old white dudes favorite songs awards, you know? And if it was, <laughs> again, if it was advertised that way, then fine. But um yeah, I think, you know, the bigger you get, the more careful and responsible and aware you have to be. So, yeah, it's yes. pretty mm-hmm. interesting. I like it. I think... Do you um, want to see... Do what? If you do, bunch of, if you do want to see a bunch of white dudes, you should see 1917. Oh. It's beautiful. <laughs> we will. We will. Um, yeah, I, I was going to say Ross Golan, um, the host of um, And the Writer Is podcast, and he's a, a, a very 
well-known and uh, decorated songwriter himself. He, um, he, I think he, he does a lot. He does a lot for like musicians rights and, um, in, in DC and stuff regarding like, uh, song royalties and things like that. But he has spoken Mm -hmm. out about, um, female representation and song in the songwriting community. And I know whenever he has a female songwriter on the podcast, he usually, you know, delves in and kind of asks them about their experience and, you know, what, what the rest of us can do to, you know, support, you know, better representation and all that jazz. So he's, he's, I've always really respected the way that he approaches the topic um, being, you know, a white male. I think he's, he's doing his part there for the songwriter community. So Good. Good for him. Oh, boy. Man. All right, everyone, breathe relief. My prominent feminist tirade is over now. You can just... Well, not over, but, you know. (laughs) Everyone, listen to your hearts. Listen to your hearts. Give your rose to to whoever you... Uh, Yeah. What are you listening to this week, Ashley? (laughs) Oh, shit. I should probably have an answer for that, shouldn't I? Uh, I'll go first. uh, Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if you want to think mine is very simple sean said to me the other day while we were in the kitchen he goes can we listen to the beatles and i went oh yeah and he goes should i put them on but no and uh i we've been listening to just a lot of the beatles in this in these uncertain times and it's so soothing. It's just, it's comfort food, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I so love that. We then watched the movie yesterday, which I recommend, but I think you liked it. I did. Yeah, I okay. did. I watched it again the other night. Um, I, well, I kind of had it in the background while I was working, but yeah, I liked it. We we can talk about it another time, but we kind of just got into this Beatles kick and we started, we've been listening to it a lot. It's such a, it's just, yeah, it's comfort food. It's an easy go-to. It takes your minds off, your mind off of things. And we've had it on repeat for days, pretty much. We're just going through the whole kick. Nice. I love that. Um, so that's the Beatles, B-E-A-T-L. <laughs> oh, like a beat. Yeah, they're not together anymore. Mm-hmm. I got it. Got it. Okay. Like the O'Neaters. Got it. Looks like the O'Neaters. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is not, this is like a, such a departure from the Beatles. Um, but, and it's not really, I haven't really been like binge listening to it or anything, but um, yesterday, I don't know why out of the blue, I got this memory of the girl group dream. Do you remember dream? No. Oh, he loves you not. Oh, yeah. I'm sure I think you would probably remember it if you heard it. I what just, year? Ugh. Oh god, I don't know. Middle school? I don't have a I don't have years. I have like years of my life. I don't know. Um I don't know. I it's got early 2000. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I got like a weird flash of the song and I like kind of could hear it in my head and I was just like I have to hear this song right now and it was just one of those things like I had to just put it on and listen to it um and then from there I don't know why but then Danity Kane came on so I was like listening to like weird old like girl groups like yeah I was like oh like 3LW I don't know I got into like this weird yeah (laughs) this weird rabbit hole of 
like girl pop groups. So I guess that was something it's com- that it's comfort food. Yeah. It's comfort food. Yeah. Yes. It That's was what it like, is. Yeah. It's that nostalgic, like a little nostalgia. Thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I guess junior high. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like middle school dances and random shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a weird. Those are two more, you know, weird things to add to our crockpot playlist. But um, you guys, we have a Spotify playlist that is like the weirdest playlist ever. That we add um, selections from all of our musical artist recommendations to each week, so you can check it out. It's called Gig Tales Recommends. We we link to it on our social media, and you can find it just by searching that on Spotify as well. But and while you're in there. Like, just give us a little, you know, a little follow button. And when you're in Apple, thumb, little thumb up. yeah, a little thumbs up, a little rate, a little subscribe, a little review. Those things go a long way in the podcast world. So Ooh. we appreciate it. If, you know, if you're just sitting around and you're like, yo, I'm quarantine bored. What do I do? You go on every podcast yeah. platform and you just give Gigtails a five star review. We'd love it. Yeah, what are you doing? You're not doing anything. For real. Not bullshitting us. Yeah. yeah. Give us a retweet, you know, if yeah. you got some followers, retweet us. Yeah. All that jazz. A, a retweet. You know. <laughs> cool. Love it. Well, and then, you know, most of all, if you like what you heard, just tell a friend. And if you didn't like what you heard, definitely tell an enemy. <laughs> Awesome. Bye, guys. Stay safe. Stop gigging. Gig tales. Ugh. Ugh.